Welcome to the Dev and Tech Podcast, where you can pick up tips and tricks on your path to becoming a web developer. I am Aaron Billings, a software engineer from Atlanta, Georgia, and with me is Karen's Wright. Hello, hello, hello. I'm a technical project manager also in Atlanta, Georgia. Welcome to another episode of the Dev and Tech Podcast. And today we're going to be talking about how do you continue to learn after you get the job? So you've got the job, you may have several jobs, but how do you go about being a lifelong learner? And that's what we're going to talk about uh, in today's podcast. So Karen's, what do you think about uh, lifelong learning? Is it a goal worth achieving? What do you think? Yes, I think it is. I think to a certain extent, even if people say I, you know, you may have some people that say I'm done with school. I'm, you know, I'm done with ed- education. That's it for me. I'm good where I'm at. When you think about it, all of us are we're lifelong learners in some way, shape or form. You know, we take on something. You know, I know people because I know for a fact individuals, um, they will individuals have said things such as, you know, I'm never going back to school, never going to learn anything. I'm good. But they will still make sure that they bone up in their certain hobby or pastime or whatever. And so, yeah, the, it, it's it's something that we all can and should do. Um, to keep things, uh, just keep our mind fresh, especially when we're talking about moving into the, the tech career path. That's, that's an absolute must. Yeah, agreed. I like what you said. Like sometimes it may seem that, you know, you've done the hard work. You're in tech, you're at your job, you're working, and you may be learning. But it's really, really important to continue that learning because tech moves so fast that a lot of times if you're not learning on the outside, you're going to be left behind if you try to jump to another job. I'll give you a case in point. Let's say that you go to, you know, Acme.co or whatever, right? Whatever company you go to. And they have you working on maybe a proprietary software. No one else is using that software, right? Only them. They built it. It's an in-house software. You learn that software. But because you're not learning anything else, when you try to leave Acme.co and go somewhere else, what happens? They ask you, oh, do you know React? Do you know Svelte? Do you know Vue? Do you know all these other frameworks, right? And you might say, well, no, I, you know, that's not what I did at my job, right? I didn't, I didn't do that. I did JavaScript, but I, you know, I did Python or whatever, but I didn't, I did not, um, you know, do that. So you may have a harder time becoming employed again, uh, certainly not impossible, right? So, you know, if if you know how to code, you can definitely learn quite quickly. But it's going to be a little bit harder, I think, for an employer to justify bringing you on if you hadn't been doing this or you hadn't been learning these things uh, in your spare time. So um, what do you think about that, Karens? Absolutely. That's You have to make sure that you keep up but I will pose this question to you. It's it's not a devil's advocate type question. It's just a question that I'm sure our listeners will have, especially in the world of tech. There is just hours and hours 
and mountains of books as far as instruction and training goes. And so what would you say to someone that says, okay, I understand being a lifelong learner is necessary, but how do I go about choosing what to learn? How do I go about choosing what to take on? Because if someone isn't careful, you know, I, I'm speak from experience, you can find yourself learning a little bit of everything, but still not hitting the mark. So what would you say, Aaron, to someone that says, well, what, you know, how do I choose what to learn? Yeah, that's a, that's a really, really good question. Because um, starting out, I struggled with that. I really did struggle with what do I learn? There's so much stuff out there. There's so many things that I personally do want to know and do want to learn. Where in the world do I start? And I remember that I got some really good advice from a mentor at the time. And they said to me, start where you feel comfortable. And I had no idea what that meant at the time. <laughs> I said, start where you feel comfortable. What are you talking about? But he said, hey, you know, you can't learn everything. What do you know now? Uh, I know JavaScript. All right, cool. Do you know any JavaScript frameworks? Well, I'm in the process of learning, let's say, at the time I was in the process of learning React. All right, cool. So that doesn't mean that you go off and start learning Vue and Angular and you start learning about DevOps, you start learning, you, you don't do all that, right? So what you do is you increase your knowledge in what you're already learning. So if you're in the process of learning React, deepen that knowledge. And it doesn't take a ton of time. You don't have to sit there for hours and hours and hours just pouring over information. What you can do is you can take bite-sized pieces. You don't even have to do courses, really. Um, you know, really, it just comes down to are you, uh, if you, especially if you're doing this on your day job, are you keeping up with the trends that are out there? And you may be asking, well, A.B., how do I do that? There are tons and tons of newsletters out there that tell you. There's a React status newsletter that tells you all about React. Um, there's all different kinds of newsletters of people updating you in the world of te tech. There's a crypto newsletter. There's a dev newsletter. There's a tech newsletter. And these things come out with different links. They come out with different, you know, maybe li new libraries that come out. So even though you may not you may not try these things, you know of them. So maybe you go into an interview and they say, oh, well, what's piqued your interest lately, right? And you may have heard of maybe like a new new service that came out. Uh, for instance, Fly.io was pretty new. You may say, oh, yeah, Fly.io, it's doing some cool things. It's doing this and that, you know. And that kind of lets people know, okay, well, this person kind of knows what's new in tech. They kind of understand what's going on, right? And you didn't take a lot of time doing that. You kind of just looked in your email and saw that that was going on and read it, right? And as far as continuing to learn, right, you you take what you learn what you already know. You continue to dive into React. You learn about hooks. You learn about the different kind of hooks you can use. You learn about state. You learn about props. You learn about all these different things that you can do to build bigger and better projects. And once you feel that you've kind of gotten your grasp of that, right, then you can start to say, okay, well, I'm good at my job. What do I want to learn next? Then things kind of start getting exciting because then you, what you can do is start branching out into things that you really don't know. What have you always wanted to learn? Maybe DevOps, right? Do you know how ADBS works? Do you know how Google Cloud Platform works? You know, Microsoft Azure, how those uh, platforms do what they do. There's tons and tons of different things you can learn there, right? So you can, you can definitely dig into those things. So I say start with what you know. 
and slowly kind of work your way up to things that you don't know. And at that point, you'll already be in a pattern of learning. So it won't seem too much for you to take on because you're already doing it anyway. That'd be my advice. What do you think, Karen? Yeah, that's, that's absolutely the best way to go is if you have a foundation in a certain area, it's never a problem to just continue to build on it. And then as you take your learning journey, oftentimes what will happen is you may come across something new that interests you. And you don't want to just keep branching off in different directions. But let's say you are continuing to learn something that you already know. If you come across something that you're that interests you more, that you're more interested in, by all means, start to allocate some time and energy to learning that because it's always it's always great to do what you love and love what you do and so if you want to take a little bit of a different direction in your career path there's nothing wrong with that um but one of the most important things to keep in mind is when the time comes you mentioned a great point it's it's great to have someone that knows how to learn and comprehend on your own, you know? It's not saying that there's anything wrong with taking classes um, or anything such as that or taking official classes, but it's a great skill to be able to embark on a journey by yourself and to learn something by yourself and to teach yourself and to learn it in... Mm, not a short amount of time, not to put pressure on yourself, but just learn it in a reasonable amount of time. That's probably the most important thing out of that question is what have you been learning lately is just trying to see, okay, can this, is, is this candidate someone that can learn something on their own and understand it and build on it by themselves, you know? And so that's, it's a very valuable skill, something that I've had to teach myself probably over the past uh, several years. I've, I've had to teach myself that. Yeah, 100 percent agree. I think, you know, that question trips a lot of people up, right? Like, wh what have you learned lately? And <laughs> a lot of times you may think, well, I'm at my job. I'm learning constantly, right? Like learning new things and true. Uh, but they want to see kind of how you're learning outside of your job. Do you keep up with the recent things that are going on? If there's some kind of new technology that comes out that piques your interest, they want to see, well, can you take a look at what this new technology is? Could it be beneficial to our company, right? If you get hired, would you be that type of person to say, oh, you know, there's this new technology that's coming out that might be good for this X, Y, Z, right? And of course, not in all cases, do you want to tell a company, hey, let's pivot to something brand new every six months. That's not what, we, what we're saying, right? But uh, and not not what what they're looking for either. But I think what they are looking for is they're looking for someone who is able to learn things on their own, right? They're not prompted to learn things. When you're at a job, nine times out of ten, you're prompted to learn stuff because what are you doing? Your day to day job is number one, not to get fired, right? And number two, to do the job that they've told you, and that loops back to number one, not get fired, right? Because you got to make money. So they want to know that, hey, can we give you something for you to do and can you attack it and learn what you need to learn and report back? 
right? That's what that's what they want to know. Can can you learn on your own, or do you need someone to hold your hand to learn this particular information? And of course, to some extent, in the beginning, when you're totally lost, you need someone to kind of guide you. But after you know a little bit, you should be able to go off and learn more on your own. You know, you should be able to, especially if you're applying for uh, mid-level senior positions, they're going to expect you to already kind of know how to learn. And I think that's a big thing that the, I guess they used to talk about college, right? They say, oh, well, college teaches you, teaches you how to learn. But I think the same thing for self-taught. Self-taught people, you kind of teach yourself how to learn and you take that skill, right? You take that skill with you no matter where you go. And that's what people are looking for. Can you learn on your own? What methods do you have? What strategies do you have for learning on your own? Learning outside of work hours sometimes, things like that. Yeah. Something that I've noticed in each role that I've had in a company, I usually gravitate to individuals who have taken it upon themselves to create their own knowledge database. Man, one of the first jobs that I've that I had at a huge corporation, the my mentor, she had a notebook absolutely full of information. And a lot of the information is things that she learned on her own, things that she picked up from the, her role. And she literally created just this, her own knowledge base. And I think that teaching yourself and learning on your own, it does, it, it creates different methods also of how you train, how you receive training, how you train others, also how you train yourself and it's it's just it's not a bad idea. This is so to have because you can get to a point. I speak from experience, especially after you go through any type of a boot camp or training. You can get to a point where you're just actually tired of learning. You if you're fatigued. Yeah. But it's so important, even if you take a little bit of a break. It's very important to just get back into the routine of learning set up a schedule, even if it's one day a week or just a few hours a week, however you want to work it out. Um, because once again, I speak from experience, you can become complacent. And then before you know it, things have passed you by, Aaron. So <laughs> it's definitely something that you, you have to take seriously. Agreed. Because like you said, you can be in a place where, especially after that first job, I remember, I'll tell you, Karen's after my first job, I think after my second one that I got, I was just learning, learning, learning. And I think, you know, we talked about this in the first days of our podcast, but when I was learning to code, I'd wake up at 4 a.m., get to work at 4.30, code until, you know, from 4.30 to probably like 9.00. Um, and then work until from nine to to lunch, talk to engineers on our engineering floor, code during lunchtime, uh, then work from one to to four, go home, you know, make dinner, hang out with the kids and code until probably midnight and then wake up and do it again. And I was doing that for three, three and a half solid months. And I say again not advocating that for everybody. That was a situation that I was in and it worked for me at the time, but I kept that relentless pace through my first job. I would get to work still around like five. And I remember my boss saying, why are you coming to work so early? Well, you know, I'm trying to get ahead on things. This is my first job. And 
Uh, and I kind of understood it then, but during my second job, I kind of did the same thing. And then when I hit my third job, I was almost kind of basically burnt out. And I did not, I just couldn't start learning on the side. I was like, I'm already learning all this stuff. I can't learn on the side. And that's the danger if you go too fast. And I had to slow down, had to pump the brakes, slow down to avoid getting totally burnt out, and then start to slowly kind of ramp it up again when I felt uh, that I had caught a break or kind of caught my breath, so to speak. So I say that to say, um, you're going to, of course, hit the gas when you're learning to code and you're trying to get that first job. And after you get that first job, my advice would be to pump the brakes a little bit. Don't, don't, you know, totally stop, pump the brakes a little bit. Don't go all in like you were doing before you got the job, enjoy a little bit, learn in the job, and then take a fraction of the time that you were learning before outside the job and still continue to learn a little bit outside, right? Take a fraction of the time, not all the time, but a fraction of the time. And that way you can continue to keep up your learning regimen throughout all your jobs. Uh, and I know a lot of devs that do this too. Uh, so there's new things out there that they continue to tinker with and play with and, you know, things like that. So that would be my advice. And, and reading is really good because once you get to a certain point with coding, it's not about being able to just code, code, code. It's really thinking about how different structures and algorithms work with each other and how systems work. And if you can, you could basically build anything that you want to, but reading is going to be something that's extremely important because you're understanding new strategies for handling the same thing. People are coming up with new ways to handle those things. So I think as you start to get more senior, reading is extremely fundamental to do. Not that hands-on time isn't great. It is great. But reading is is very, very important to keep up with what's going on in tech. Yeah, I'm so glad that you brought out reading because we can fall into this pattern, especially in coding. I think about myself when I started to learn Python, I started with videos and hands-on, but I didn't really read much. You know, there was reading there, of course, and some of the online tutorials, you're going to read to a certain extent, but... I didn't get the very fleshed out meaning to a lot of concepts until I went on Amazon, just bought a good old fashioned book um, about Python coding. And when I started reading it, that book broke down the concepts in a way where I started to understand, oh, this is what I'm doing when I'm coding. This is what's happening as I type lines of code in Python. So that's the big three. You know, if you think about it, it's reading, watching, whether you're watching someone in person or watching you know, videos online, and then also the hands-on, that would be, that's great. And if you think about it, you know, a lot of jobs that I've had, you know, this is it, it's different for everyone, of course. But if you think about it, there's actually opportunity. You don't want to put your job in jeopardy and you have to make sure that you use the time wisely. Um, that's approved by your supervisors, of course. But 
there's a chance that you can actually learn while you're on the job, because for the most part, you know, a decent amount of us just depends on the industry and the job. You may have what's quote unquote, what we call, you know, downtime during your workday. And so you can incorporate reading and learning in those gaps while you're at the job. Like I said, you know, you don't want to put your job in jeopardy and, you know, have uh, some just have it out of balance there where you're doing more reading and learning than you are working. You don't want that to happen, but I've done that on jobs in the past where I take on some supplemental learning while I am working. And it is usually, usually uh, if, if I'm working under a good leader, they, they actually applauded it. They appreciated seeing me do that. And so if you're able to, you might even be able to make it a part of your workday, you know, because a lot of us have lives. It's difficult at home. But um, no, I have to ask you this, Aaron. I have to ask you this. There have been times when I have made mention to individuals what I am learning. And there are certain individuals that they completely derail me and say, hey, you should actually be learning this. Aaron, has have you ever come across that? Yeah, I have, especially when you're new. When you're a junior, you'll have other uh, senior engineers tell you, well, you know, if you really want to get ahead, you should be learning X, Y, Z. What I wish I had done is learn, you know, A, B, C, E, F, G, you know, H, I, J, K, L, M, O, P, whatever, right? And they're telling you this because they wish they had done something different when they were starting. But here's the problem with that. And it's a problem that I think we all can fall into, and it's projection, right? You're projecting your own maybe missteps or perceived failures on someone else, and you're trying to help them. And it comes out of a good place. Most of the times it does. It comes out of a good place. But the problem is, is that the landscape can be radically different now than it was when they were a junior. And because of that, you could get advice to learn something but that might not be your forte. So my thoughts on that is I try never to tell people what they should be learning unless they come out and they ask me, hey, what would you learn? I do not give people unsolicited advice anymore. I try really hard not to do that unless somebody says, hey, what do you think I should do here? Or what, what do you think I should do there? If someone says they're learning something, I say, oh, great, awesome, right? Awesome. Now, um, sometimes a good thing to do if someone gives you unsolicited, unsolicited advice is to ask them why they think that way. Oh, you want me to learn Python instead of JavaScript? What's your reasoning behind that? Or you want me to learn, you know, whatever? What's your reasoning behind that, right? And if they can back it up with a really, really good reason, you know, it might be a case to research it. I wouldn't say pivot, but it might be a good case to research. But yeah, you will have people that uh, tell you all different kinds of things. So my thoughts on that is a lot of times if I'm learning something on my own, it's usually just between me and my manager. I usually don't share it with other people. It's just kind of something that I've stopped doing after my first job because I got a lot of unsolicited feedback on the things that I was learning. So that is what I would probably recommend i'm not sure if um if you do the same thing karen yeah totally agree 
keeping it between myself and my manager or myself and my spouse because there have been times, plenty of times, especially when I gravitated over into the world of tech where I made mention of what I was learning, what I was taking on and individuals, as you said, coming from a place, they strongly recommended that I go a different path. And then they would have their predictions and say, people will oftentimes say something along the lines of, because this is going away, or this is going to be the next biggest thing. And so just for our listeners out there, you have to, it's not, you know, if you want to share what you're learning, that's fine. That's, that's fine. But when you come across situations where someone may say, they may even make you feel as if you're going down the wrong path. You know, you still, that's where the learning part comes into play because there's actually research. Do your own research, you know, look into the path that you're taking and not only listen to others, but also just look at the, you know, look, get an idea for yourself of the path that you want to take. Because if you're not careful, if you were to, just jump to a different course each time it's suggested to you, you probably wouldn't get much accomplished. You know, um, it can be, and then it can lead to the burnout. That's you brought up the burnout. I was about to ask you about that, but you already mentioned it. If you're not careful, you can just get burnout from learning, changing direction. And so it's just, you know, Hey, just, just Aaron and I, will. We're here to look out for you, listeners. So it's just that was just something I wanted to just put out there. Yeah, agreed. I, I speak to it again. Burnout is real. Burnout can happen, and it can sneak up on you really quickly. And you think, oh, you know, I, you know, I'm doing good. You get into a pattern. You know, you're learning a lot. You're doing well, and then all of a sudden, you start feeling a little tired. And you're like, oh, well, you know, it's probably because I'm waking up a little bit earlier. I, you know, I try to go to sleep, right? I try to go to sleep earlier. That's it, right? And then slowly but surely, right, you get to a point where you just hit a wall and you cannot go any farther and you've burned yourself out. And it's happened over time and you've ignored the warning signs of being tired, um, you know, having that mental fatigue, having a mental block. Cause I know I'm sure it's happened to you too. Sometimes where you'll sit at your screen and you'll be like, wait, I know that I just looked at this yesterday, but I cannot figure this out anymore. Right. Mental fatigue. And it goes into even mental block. So like you're saying, Karen, it's, it's really important to, to really watch how much you're consuming in the, consistency with which you're doing it and you're not spreading yourself too thin so go in one direction follow that direction for a while learn what you can and then when you pivot you pivot all the way right so you pivot all the way to something else and then you learn that track once you're satisfied you pivot to something else don't kind of spread out and learn all the things at once because that is going to burn you out really quickly yeah Loved all the points that you just mentioned. And so we definitely got to be careful about burnout. But I wanted to ask you this. I mentioned the big three, which is reading, watching, doing, or hands-on. Would you say that there actually should be a fourth pillar having a mentor? 
I would say that having a mentor is actually a part of learning, right? Yeah. Having a mentor is good. It's really, really good. It's going to help you, especially when you hit those milestones. So milestones for me would be trying to break into tech, definitely have a mentor, right? Someone who's been there before, kind of help you. And then as you're about to hit another milestone, right? So maybe getting to senior dev, have a mentor to kind of help you figure out what you need to do to hit that particular, uh, to, to fill in those gaps that you need in order to be able to hit that, right? And then as you start to move up, it gets significantly harder. So it's good to have a mentor there too, to help you be able to hit those specific milestones to reach your goals. And then having a mentor also helps you understand what are the things that you probably should be learning to hit those specific goals, right? So when we're talking about unsolicited feedback, we're talking about people who aren't your mentor who are telling you, you need to do this or you do that, right? Without even understanding what your goals are. Your goals could be completely opposite of what they're telling you to do. Oh, well, you, you know what, Karen? You need to go learn JavaScript, but you're trying to be a project manager. You're trying to be a program manager. That's not going to help you, right? Like, it's not going to help. I can't tell you to go learn JavaScript if you're trying to go and do something, you know, in a different direction, right? So you need someone to tell you, oh, okay, so th these are the steps that you need to do to hit this particular goal um, to be a program manager, right? Or to be a VP or, or, or do whatever you're trying to do in tech. You have to find people that are willing to take you on and teach you the things that you need in order to be able to hit those specific milestones. So yeah, I, I would say a, a fourth a fourth way to learn would be a mentor. That's a really, really good way to to level up your skills quickly. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I've always had, uh, especially when I'm going into something new, I've always tried to gravitate to someone that I know and trust that they will guide me, but they don't try to steer me, if that makes any sense. You know, they'll, they'll yeah. give me some guidance, but as you brought out, man... You could you could stumble across someone that they'll support you and continue to support you, but they're coming from a good place, but they may try to steer you in a different route. So, you know, there's a decent amount of just self-analysis and, you know, making your own decisions as far as what you're learning, how you're going about learning it. Um, you'll always have people that want to offer you advice or tell you the best way you should go about it. But Hey, at the end of the day, the most important thing, the most important topic or point that we want to bring out is continue to learn. Make sure you continue to learn and just soak in, soak up information and you you eventually get to a point where you are teaching others um, and it, the knowledge that you have is extremely valuable. Agreed, definitely. Being a lifelong learner is not an easy task, right? It's not, it's not you. There's work that's involved, but it's beneficial because like you said, you're always able to teach someone else and you're continuing to educate yourself. And as you start to get older and older, right? I think it's proven, it has proven health benefits for your brain as you continue to learn more things into your, uh, as you get older. So being a lifelong learner is something that um, is achievable and it is beneficial if you're willing to undertake it. So uh, so we'll jump into our tech picks for 
for the rest of the time that we have left here. So, Karen's, what's what's something that's uh, that you've used recently? I know you're talking about the Steam Deck before. Have you? Do you have any final thoughts on it? Have you have you uh, released your um, your professional opinion about it yet? Not not quite yet. I because been pretty busy in family life, personal life. So I haven't, I actually haven't sat down with it in a couple of weeks. And so I will take a look at it this weekend. I think I will have some time to wrap up and get my final thoughts. And something that I'm interested in, haven't put my hands on it yet, but I'm thinking about doing it soon. I've spoken to a couple of people recently that have, they have, told me how much they love their Microsoft Surface Pro. And so I've been thinking about getting my hands on one to just demo and play around with it because the couple of people that I've spoken to that have one absolutely love it. And so, of course, you know, I love Mac. I I love it. I'm not the kind of person that's just like, I'm I'm just stuck to one brand. I'm not, you know... I'm open to all sorts of technology. So I would say that's what I'm looking at next. But the Steam Deck is that I'd say this weekend, I'm going to try to just come up with my final thoughts. So the next time we podcast, I'll have my thoughts ready. All right, cool. Sounds good. I haven't been working with any new technology or anything like that, but I did play a new game and it's not new new um i think it's a couple of years old but i just i think you introduced me to it karen it's the forgotten city really really good game and uh really really awesome game it's it's a bingeable game where you sit down and you're wondering what's going to happen next and it's uh and i like how they tailor it to kind of what you like if you want more suspense right you can you can choose a path to kind of go down more suspense or if you don't want to do that you can choose a path not to do that so a uh, really good game uh would recommend it i think i think it got popular around was didn't it come out around 2019 i think is that right yeah it's actually been a, a couple of years i believe it's is something that i've had to check myself i i feel like it's fairly new i think that it's, it's one of the things where it's fairly new on console, but probably been out on PC or Steam for a couple of years now. Mm, okay, yeah. Like you said, it's been out on PC for a while, but they introduced a version for the Xbox, the Switch, um, you know, PlayStation. So just about all the major consoles, it's on. So, you know, if you have some time and you want to play a choose your own adventure, like pick your own storyline and what you pick affects the outcome of the story. I think there are there are a couple different endings that you can get, right? So I love those type of games, uh, kind of similar to the Telltale games uh, where you can kind of pick your own story, pick your own um, uh, adventure, so to speak. And depending upon what you, what you pick, it uh, will choose or affect the outcome. So looking for more of those games. So if you have any more of those games you know of, Karen, let me know because uh, I love those games. I sure will. Absolutely. Is there anything that you would like to let uh, the listeners know about? Always feel free to reach out to us as the community at workforgamesemail at gmail.com. I will work on getting a proper domain email set up very soon. We're starting to release more content 
upcoming in the next couple of weeks, I would say we're going to go into the world of video game footage along with commentary. And so you and I, hmm, maybe the Forgotten City may be a good one to start with. Oh, yeah. Just look over, you know, just let listeners know it's not going to it's going to be spoiler free. We're just commentating, giving our thoughts is, you know, don't take it as some official review, but that I would say more video content is coming on the horizon for the work for games network. Awesome. Sounds good. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, you can reach me at AB develops. If you want to reach out, I'm on LinkedIn as well, Twitter. Um, so feel free to reach out and yeah, we'll, we'll see you in the next one. Have a great day, everyone. See you, everyone.